apparently people either look like a rat or a frog. But if you think about it, it kind of makes sense, right? What are you doing over your weekend? Like, what are you... <laughs> are you just lying on your bed scrolling through TikTok for yeah, 48 okay. hours? Yeah, okay, fine, fair. But I don't want to know if people look like either a rat or a frog. I want to know if people are a rat or a frog, Yeah. their entire being. Do you think you're a rat or a frog? I, I'm going to say I'm a, I'm a rat. I'm more a rat Same. than a frog. I'm a rat. Do you think See? so? We're rats together. Let's let's rat on to uh, News Ball. This is Rat Emil. And I'm Rat Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. If you're feeling like you're being hit by scam attempts left, right and centre, you are not alone. But do these latest ones feel a little bit old school? Also, would you sit in a cave for 500 days just to dream about a roast chicken? No. Well, <laughs> listener, you're weak. And we'll explain to you why a Spanish woman has done just that. Ever think your colleagues haven't quite adjusted yet to being back in the office? Have a few work-from-home habits been hard to kick? Why that could be and why it could be bad for everyone. Plus, we pontificate on who should be the new James Bond, considering we've just had our biggest clue yet on this question. And if there's anyone who loves to pontificate, it's Emile Donovan. We've got all of that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Emil, have you received any of those scammy texts lately? Uh, no, unless you count a message from you asking if I'm a rat or a frog as a scammy text. <laughs> Okay, blah, blah. Well, you must be one of the only people in New Zealand who haven't received a scammy text. One is from fake NZTA saying, if you don't pay your fine now, you'll be blacklisted. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that was a thing. Well, it's not a thing. It's a scam. Uh, The other is from New Zealand Post saying, sorry, we missed you. We won't be re-delivering. That's quite interesting psychologically because those are two things that would kind of get to me. Like, uh, it's very viable that I could have broken some traffic laws without uh, realising it at the time, and it's also very viable that I um, would get a package delivered that I knew nothing about. These are sort of old as time, but there are others that are doing the rounds too, right? Like um, celebrities in New Zealand trying to sell me keto gummy beers and stuff like that. Yeah, that'll change your life forever. Then there's um, the Shein bots. Yeah. Bots posing as influencers, messaging people on Insta to tell them they've won a Shein gift card. So it's a handful of scams all at the same time. But they're just not that good. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just yeah, it's a bit kinda, shit. It's like scam throwback, you know? Yeah, yeah, like a like a, like a 70s rock band. Um, yes, it's almost like we've gone back a few years, really, in terms of scam sophistication. So here to chat a bit about this is Andrew Chen, who is a research fellow at Koi2. Is there a glut of scams at the moment, or has this just been carrying on in the background for years and years and years, and every now and then it just kind of flares up? Yeah, there's been no like appreciable increase in the level of scams at, uh, relative to any other period of time in recent history. Um, it, it does tend to hit different groups of people at different times. So you may notice that a bunch of them are coming in at you um, right now. But um, at the end of the day, like these are not very sophisticated scams because the unit economics are such that you, you don't have to scam a lot of people to make it worthwhile, right? Like they just spam as many people as they can and um, it costs them so little to like put a message out there that even if like one person gives them some money, then it was probably a positive return on investment for them. 
I, it's kind of it's kind of disappointing to me, Andrew. You know, I, I feel like um, when I see a scam like this or when I see a text that someone shows me because I never get scammed, of course, I'm kind <laughs> of I, I, I feel the way that I imagine a high school teacher who has a pupil with plenty of potential but no application, um, you know, like marking a paper and just being like, come on, you can do better. You, you, do you know what I mean? It's as if they've given up. Yeah, well, um, one of the things that actually makes some of these scams more effective is that they're not perfect. Um, because the fact that they might be too perfect can actually be um, a bit of a giveaway in some cases. Um, it, it kind of depends on what type of scam it is. So if it's a like something that's coming from an official government agency, like NTTA or something, then yeah, you kind of expect that to be written really perfectly. But um, like the Shein bots, if, it, if it's pretending to be an influencer, then it actually they want to communicate with you in the way that they think a human would communicate with you. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of psychology behind what uh, might be more or less effective there. Some of them are a little bit more sophisticated than that. So how do you see through that without then ending up clicking on the link? Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, that, that a lot of these are designed to trick and fool people, right? So um, one is to, you know, if it's if it's too good to be true, then it probably is too good to be true. Um, another is, you know, taking time. So uh, a lot of these scams will prey on people's um feeling of needing to act quickly um, and if you're acting quickly then maybe you don't think as much as you should so if, if you're kind of getting that sense that maybe something is wrong just like slowing down and thinking about it a little bit more that might be the difference between you know clicking on the wrong thing or not um, and then unfortunately there's just like a lot of education work that has to happen in terms of you know NZTA telling people there's a scam going on at the moment. You know, if this hits you, ignore it. Great stuff. Interesting stuff. Andrew Chin, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Most of us have, at some stage, had a hallucination about a roast chicken. But most of us have not locked ourselves away in a cave for 500 days in order to get into that headspace. You heard that right. A Spanish extreme athlete, Beatriz Flamini, lived in a cave outside Granada in Spain for 500 days. It's thought to be the longest period of time a human has spent alone in a cave. Now, you may well be asking, why on earth? a person would voluntarily subject themselves to something that would probably be considered a cruel and unusual punishment in any other context. Well, the only newsable staff member most likely to lock himself in a cave for a year and a half is definitely Emile, so I asked Emile to look into it. And Emile, why on earth did she do this? Well, I guess, Emo, the first thing to establish here is that mountaineers are, by definition, deeply weird people. Um, basically, she said that she wanted to learn more about how the human mind and body can deal with solitude and deprivation and stuff like that. Um, I think there are probably easier ways to do this. Uh, she could have tried to catch a bus home uh, in Auckland during rush hour. But hey, you know, <laughs> to each your own. What did she do down there? Well, uh, quite a lot, actually. She 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 did stuff. She brought stuff down there. Um, she did say that she lost track of time after day 65. So what? she spent 435 days down there without knowing how many days she'd actually been down there. Gee, that's pretty 
wicker. Yeah. She talked to herself a lot, she said, uh, although she didn't talk out loud. She just had like an internal monologue thing going on. Um, she felt like she had to respect the silence of the environment. She seems like a pretty quirky person. Um, she also read a lot. She reckons she read like 60 books or something like that. She did lots of knitting, uh, which is great. Just imagining that someone knitting in a cave. Uh, she was <laughs> writing and drawing. She enjoyed her own company, essentially, for a year and a half, which is just great. Uh, like I, I kind of do vibe with this a bit. Like I kind of, I do like the idea of just going um, off the grid for like a week or so. I mean, a year and a half seems a bit a bit too long from my point of view, but yeah, I kind of, I get where she's coming from here. Where did she poo? See, Emma, this is what I love about you. You ask the questions that everybody <laughs> wonders, but is too cowardly to actually verbalise. Um, great question. She was actually asked this uh, in the press conference that she did when she came out of the cave. Um, uh, this is a delicate thing to talk about, so maybe I'll put it in corporate language, if you would. Um, essentially, once she'd written five separate reports, she would compile those reports into a dossier, and she would leave it in a specified location for management to retrieve, uh, is how I will describe that. She actually said, um, you have to get the waste out. I left my offerings there as if to the gods, and the gods left me food which is a very poetic way to talk about bowel movements, isn't it? So she did pose and collected five poos and then would bring the five poos for someone to collect. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> These going off the grid and going into a cave give me glamping with an outdoor bath any day. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcasts. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your, your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's time. Time for what? Oh, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Yes. It was a wonderful moment of realisation. Um, time for producer Jono to reveal a fun Friday winner. Hi, producer Jono. Remind us of what the scores are at now. So the current score before I announce this one yeah. is three points to Imogen and two points to Emil. There's a lot riding on this one. With this most recent fun fact, we had a bigger margin, 62 oh. to 38. Oh, no. Imo, you're so defeatist. Yeah, I, I think Amo's doing the thing where you, you ace an exam and then you walk out of the exam and someone's like, how do you think you did? And you're like, oh, I don't think I did that well. I mean, if she is trying to do that, then she's incorrect because she did lose. Oh, oh Jono, <laughs> slipping it in there like that. Oh. oh, it's a good feeling. The comeback continues. He's the comeback kid. 3-3. Three, three. You know that feeling you get when you've heard terrible news? Like that's my my heart is like pounding. 
I'm so much more into Fun Fact Friday. Anyway, um, should we talk about James Bond? Shall we talk about James Bond? Jo- Producer Jono, stay on the line. Well, Jono, how did you feel about Daniel Craig as James Bond? I have grown to love Daniel Craig as James Bond. I wouldn't say I was a fan straight out of the gate. I mean, blue speedos aside, I didn't feel like he really <laughs> characterised the role. But I have really grown to like his kind of taciturn, grumpy, brooding you know, bondness. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We want to talk about the new James Bond. Yeah. Because Daniel Craig's old news. Mm-hmm. And there was reports out over the weekend that the casting director has indicated that the new James Bond will be a relatively unknown person in their 30s. Man. Man? Man. 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 Unknown, relatively unknown man in his 30s. Who do we think it's going to be? Emile. Relatively unknown man, Tick. <laughs> In his 30s, Tick. Maybe we should start a campaign like a meal for Bond and just see if we can get it off the ground. I mean, you give me more Johnny English vibes than James Bond. Oh, but... <laughs> but spitballing some real names, Dev Patel? I am still reeling. <laughs> At what? At Johnny English vibes. <laughs> Who would you rather be, um, Mr Bean or Daniel Craig? I am gutted that Idris Elba's ruled himself out. Yeah. Well, he's over 50, so he's too old. And he's relatively known. He's not he's, relatively unknown. He's pretty known. He's yeah. quite yeah. known. Dev Patel's a good shout. Yeah, although then I Googled it and he has said his vote, this was a while back, mind, um, he said his vote was behind Idris Elba and that he wasn't interested in it. Sorry. How about Taron Egerton? Oh, would watch. But oh, yeah. he's already I loved him in the King's Men. And isn't that kind of Bond vibe? Would he would they I don't know, too similar? But I love him. I don't think that they would think that. Sorry, way. did I say I love him? I don't know if that came across um quite well <laughs> or quite enough. <laughs> I love him. Um I'm also a big fan of let's make it a female bond. I know they've said they won't have a woman as bond, but I just think the time is right. And Lashana Lynch was literally 007 in the last film. She is Bond effectively in all but name. Just give her the f- <laughs> No right Shakespeare over there. Tom Amelia, Hardy. Uh, I mean, first of all, yes. Yes. Uh, but he's not a relatively unknown man in his 30s. No, that's true. He's too famous now, isn't he? Someone else who it wouldn't be surprising if they added this to their um, phenomenally long list of CV and job and career histories. George Santos, he's 34, Mm, um, and he seems to have done everything else in his life, so why not? He's 34, he's British. Well, it could be. (laughs) He might be at this point. (laughs) Give me some popcorn and lock me in a cave. I will watch the shit out of that. (laughs) All right, we want to hear our listeners' suggestions on who should play James Bond, please. Uh, Email them through to newsboyatstuff.co.nz or let us know on the various social media presences that we have. Where are those, Amo? Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Go to Instagram, though. We'll chuck a little question box up and you can tell us. You can type it on in. Let's add to the list. We could do like we did with King Charles and we could send um, the Bond franchise some suggestions, even though they've probably they've probably hired this uh, relatively unknown man, but just in case there's room, or wiggle room, say. Anyway, that's Newsball for today. I'm Imogen Wells. And I'm Neil Donovan. If you enjoyed this episode, please do follow us on your favourite podcast player and leave us a rating and a review. It helps other listeners to discover the show. And if there are any Bond talent scouts looking for the next character, they might actually consider me for it. I remember you were Johnny English. Even better, if you know someone who would enjoy the pod, share it with them. Spread the word. Have a great day. 
If you like this podcast, please support our work. Visit stuff.co.nz support.